We live in a fast-moving society. Drive-through fast food, same-day delivery, instant communication. You know, we send a, a text, and if we don't see bubbles, if, if we don't get an immediate response, we're frustrated. We want things now. Instant wealth, instant success, instant beauty. And because we sit in front of screens changing pages or changing channels, we think we should be able to change our lives just as quickly. And advertisers, they capitalize on this quick change mentality by guaranteeing immediate results. You know, lose 10 pounds in 10 days while you sleep. It's that easy. You know, three simple steps to success. I mean, this quick change mentality, it's a myth. And it creates a lot of disappointment and frustration in, in people's lives. You know, we're continuing this series, Distance. And today I want to talk about change because change is a distance thing. You know, it's been my observation and my experience that change is difficult. Change is slow. Change requires time and space. It, it's a process. Scripture has a lot to say about change. Today I want to look at the process that God uses to change us. How does change start? Well, usually it starts with concern. You're, you're bothered about something. You start feeling worried or anxious. You feel like things are out of balance. You may or may not know exactly what it is, but either way, you know it doesn't feel right. You may feel like Job, Job 30, verse 27 says, My heart is troubled and restless. You know, the focus of concern, it can be anything. A bad habit, a struggling relationship, a dying dream. Something that's maybe weighing you down or causing you stress. Whatever it is, you're concerned. And the word that best describes this stage is uncomfortable. That discomfort comes from God. It's the Holy Spirit's way of saying, hello, it's time to change. Deuteronomy 32.11 compares God to an eagle. You know, an eagle stirring up the nest. You know, when a mother eagle wants the eaglets to leave the nest, she simply tears the nest apart. She forces them to fly. So if you're feeling a little restless today, if you feel uncomfortable, if you're feeling like things just aren't right, congratulations. God's stirring up your nest. God's getting you ready to change. Now, here, here's the sad thing. Some get stuck here, spend their entire lives just ignoring the concerns. They, they put up with the discomfort until the idea of changing, it, it just kind of fades. I mean, why do we do this? Is it because we're afraid to change? Or is it because we're afraid we can't change? You know, maybe that's why God moves things along. He moves us from concern to a crisis many times. See, a crisis gets your attention. A crisis 
moves an issue off the back burner, makes you deal with it. Because many times the crisis intensifies the pain so you can't ignore it anymore. That, that thing you've been trying to suppress or ignore, that thing in your marriage, your family, your vocation, your life, suddenly the pain's so great you can't ignore it. You know, maybe you get fired. Maybe you have a health scare. Maybe creditors move in. The issue screams, I'm a problem. Do something. It happens when a spouse walks in and says, enough's enough. We can't go on like this. And sometimes it's a minor issue that grows into a crisis. Doesn't seem like a big deal, but because you keep pressing it down, it builds and it turns into a crisis. The Apostle Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 7th chapter, verse 10. He says, the kind of sorrow God wants makes people change their hearts and lives. See, God will use sorrow to bring about change. Godly sorrow it isn't about regret. It's about changing. Have you ever watched the show, Let's Make a Deal? Now, I grew up watching Monty Hall. Uh, now, Wayne Brady's the host. They're both great, were great hosts. The, the show, um, the premise of it, people dress up like all kinds of crazy things, you know, farm, zoo animals, uh, cartoon characters. Some of the costumes are clever. Some are simply bizarre. And trivia buffs. Do you know what costume has been worn the most on that show? Little Bo Peep. Contestants are called traders because they're hoping for an opportunity to trade for something better. The, the show's all about wheeling and dealing. So Wayne Brady will announce to the crowd, he says, I've got a home gym for anybody who has a donut. You know, how would you like to trade in that home gym for what's behind door number two? Most of the time, the person knows what they're trading in but they don't know what they're trading for. Sometimes they make a great trade, win a car or trip, but sometimes they, they get a zonk, you know, a pig in a dress or something like that. It's a crazy game. At some point in your life, God asks, how would you like to trade what you got right now for what's behind? door number three. And unlike the game, you never get zonked. See, this is a turning point and you must make a choice. Are, are you going to move forward or retreat? Are, are you going to deny the problem or deal with it? You get to choose. Job says in Job 34, verses 3 and 4, says, We can choose the sound we want to listen to. We can choose the taste we want in food. And we can choose to follow what is right. There comes a point when you can't procrastinate anymore. You, you have to make a choice, deal or no deal. 
But let's say you choose to trade for what's behind door number three. You know, I'm going to change. I'm going to break this habit. I'm going to work on this relationship. I'm going to do something about this. How do you feel at first? Anxious? A little scared? Why? Because you don't know what to expect. You don't know what's behind the door. What if I don't like the change? And I'll give you a little heads up about change. Do not be surprised if things get worse initially. Don't be surprised if the, the pain actually increases at first. If you've ever been on a diet, you know this. The, the worst days of a diet are the first days. You're, you're hungry. Your stomach growls. You're nestled all snug in your bed while visions of Big Macs dance in your head. Change is difficult because at first the pain usually increases before it lessens. And this happens because you're in new territory in your life. And you'll be tempted at that point to bail. You know, forget it. This is too hard. I can't do this. If you expect to go the diff distance here, you must move from choice to comprehension. See, this is about gaining a new understanding, a new insight. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what's good and acceptable and perfect, See, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can't change without changing the way you think. Sure, you, you can uh, change for a little while by just changing your behavior, but it won't last. For lasting change, you must change the way you think. Jesus said in John 8.32, he says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Where do you get truth? Well, from God, from God's word. God has the truth about your problem. Your problem isn't really the problem. The problem is the way you're looking at it. See, we have this incredible capacity to deceive ourselves, to, to lie to ourselves. People do it all the time. We have this incredible capacity to fool ourselves into thinking we, we aren't the problem. It's not my problem. You know, so many times when we're facing a problem, we, we tend to look at it only from our perspective. But when we step back from the problem, when we get some distance from it, and we see it from God's perspective, we get insight. You know, once you begin to see the truth, the truth sets you free. You find hope. You start believing that you can actually change. And there's a big difference between knowing the truth and applying the truth. Too many know what to do. They just don't do it. See, change requires effort. Change requires work. 
And change requires God. Change is about changing your conduct. James 2.17, James says, In the same way, faith by itself, it is, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. The issue, will I apply what I know? It's called repentance. See, repentance means acting on what is right. A lot, of, a lot of people think repentance is just feeling sorry for something that they've done wrong. But the truth is, you, you can feel sorry for something and still not change. It's far easier to, to cry or shed tears than to change. And I want you to see the progression here. You, you make a choice to change. Then you start working on your thoughts. Then you begin putting those thoughts into action with, with your conduct and your behavior. And the hard truth is, we all know far more than we're doing. That's the problem. The Pharisees had the same problem. They knew what to do. They were great biblical scholars, but they didn't apply it to their lives. See, change is not easy because anytime you start retooling the new behavior, it feels awkward. It feels strange. You know, for instance, let's say you've never spent time with God. And so you decide that you're going to start your day and every morning you're going to spend 15 minutes with God. At first, you will struggle because it's a new practice. You'll sit down to talk to God, and it'll be like, um, hey, God, it's, it's, it's me. It's Damon. Um, hey, thanks for everything. At first, one minute will seem like 10 minutes. Um, hey, God, do you like basketball? It's a struggle at first. But if you're serious about change, if you're serious about going the distance, you do the right thing, even when it's awkward even when it seems odd, even when it's difficult, even when it costs you. Friends, if you wait until it's easy, you will never change. Which is why, if you're going to go the distance and change, commitment, commitment is required. Paul writes in Ephesians 4.23, he says, Now your attitude and thoughts must all be constantly changing for the better. See, change is a continual process. The goal is to become more and more like Jesus Christ. Theologians call it sanctification. It means you're growing. God, through the Holy Spirit, is always working in you. There's this misconception about change that at some point you will arrive. You know, things will be perfect. You, you won't have any more problems, no more pain. Well, not on this planet. That's heaven. 
Have you ever had a, a, a project or a goal, something that you worked on, and, and when you finished it and you accomplished it, you're like, man, I'm glad I'm done with that. Change doesn't work that way. Friends, the longer I've walked with God, I realize there's always more work to be done. And I realize each time I, I make it through a change in an area of my life, sometime down the road, I find myself looking at that area again. God lifts the bar. God says, hey, let's revisit this. I want you to learn something new about yourself, about me, about life. Let's take this to a higher level this time. You don't start over. You don't go back to the beginning. You start where you left off. And God keeps growing you and changing you that way. And at every phase, you're going to be tempted to, to bail. Oh, this is really hard. This is too difficult. That's why you have to commit yourself. Commit yourself to God. Commit yourself to the process of, of change. It takes more than desire to change. If you're going to go the distance, it takes discipline and it takes commitment. You know, in the midst of the, the crisis, the, the problem, don't run from God. Seek God. Move toward God. God knows what, what you're going through, and God wants to help. Pay attention to those promptings from God. The Holy Spirit nudges and whispers to you. You know, ask God for, for courage to change. You, you may not know where change will take you, but God knows, and God's with you. Spend time in God's word. It's full of truth, truth that will set you free. And you've got to act on what you know. The psalmist, Psalm 37, 5, says, Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him to help you do it, and he will. See, change is not a matter of willpower but God's power in your life. And so I ask you today, where do you need to change? Where is God calling you to make a change? Start it today. You can change. You can go the distance. I'll close with this promise. The Apostle Paul writes this. He says, let us not get tired of doing what is right, for after a while we will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't get discouraged and give up. Let's go to God in prayer. Our Holy God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just whisper, nudge us, that we would hear where it is, you would have us make a change. God, it may be a total overhaul. 
might just be a tweak. Moving us just a little higher. God, whatever it is, I pray that we would have the courage to say, okay, God, I choose to go with you. I'm going that way. I'll move the direction you'd have me move. God, help us to be people that not only are hearers of your word, but we're doers. Help us to do the right thing, God. Guide our steps. God, we look forward to that day, that thing that's changed. God, I know there are many today that would stand and give testimony to the powerful way you've changed their life. And God, I pray that we would share those things, that we would share them to be an encouragement to others, to help others to take that step also. God, we thank you for this day. We pray that all the words that we say, the things that we do, that it would all be pleasing in your sight. We pray all these things in your precious son's name. Have a great day. Have a wonderful and blessed Mother's Day.